What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Dumpster Talk episode. We're honored and privileged to have Brandon Stanchok, uh, CEO of SWF, SWF Industrial, uh, which is a metal fabrication um, company and other capabilities as well. Uh, we'll get into that a little later. But yeah, we're honored to have Brandon here. Uh, Brandon, do you just kind of want to just give them a little introduction about who you are? And uh, I guess how you got with SWF Industrial. Sure. Uh, so I've been SWF for, it'll be five years, June 24th. So we're about a month out. Wow. Um, got there, family-owned business. So my father-in-law started it in 1984, Al Stewart. So SWF stands for Stewart Welding and Fabricating, if you didn't oh. know. I think in 92-ish, they switched from Stewart Welding and Fabricating down to SWF. So two locations. Uh, they bought the Water Street location, which, do you guys go up there at all? Pick stuff up. Um, I think we'll, yeah, yeah we do. I think yeah. so. So it's up past uh, yeah. East York. We bought that in '89, um, and then we built the building in Lincoln Highway in 2010. Um, so two locations there. Uh, I've been there, like I said, for five years. Before that, I did 10 years of power plant construction. So I traveled Ooh. to about 40 of the 50 states in that amount of time. Nice. Um, yeah, that's about it. A lot of project okay. management stuff during that time period. We've been waiting to get you on for a while. I know you and Dan. You and Dan are very close. Dan just loves you. I think are you guys in a you guys are in a peer group together. Yeah, yeah, leadership yeah. peer group. Yep. Yeah, I met yep. Dan. Uh, it was only a little bit after I started here, and obviously you guys have been working with us forever. Yeah. Um. So, um, that's been great. But yeah, Dan's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys are a great one of our big great customers, and we're glad to have you on. Thanks for having we me. We have to talk about. Um, we have a little addition to the dumpster here. Yes. Brandon's the first one in. First episode with That is an amazing poster. Yeah. It's like the lighting and everything. Like <laughs> It turned out to be a really good picture. Yeah, it looks yeah. amazing. I heard it was on a magazine. Yep. Yeah. So that, that magazine was on, uh, like, at the registration for um, at ISRI, the convention in yeah. Nashville. So That's awesome. Kind of got our name out there. and. Uh, so did you have any good. famous moments? Did people come up to you and go, the dumpster uh, guys? Yeah. People did definitely did recognize us a little bit. More this year than they did previously, so that it was kind of cool. I found uh, during like while people were talking to us, they like thought they recognized us from somewhere, and then they look at the magazine and be like, "Oh, that makes." Sense. Is it weird? Um, yeah. It is a little. Yeah, it is a little weird because I don't know. We're not really used to that. Like at all, yeah, people we had recognizing a guy who stopped us. Stopped us from Arizona. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's where. Oh he yeah, on it's from, from Instagram. Yeah, yeah and, he, and he knew us. He stopped us, which was pretty weird because. We're far away from Arizona, but it's cool to see. Do they have favorite episodes or favorite things you guys do or just kind of the concept in general? Just the concept, That's I think, cool. in general, yeah. Some people, like, talk about this, and other people talk about, like, we do a lot of short videos, yep. like, on TikTok or Instagram Reels or whatever. So it's just cool to see, like, this stuff is kind of has paying a purpose. Off. It's paying off a little bit. Yeah. So when you started, like, what – just I'm assuming you were going after education, right? Just getting it out there, recycling. Obviously, yeah. it's the fad, right? Yeah, content creation's great, and so like getting some young people out there. Yeah, what did you start with, and like, what is that? I know I'm asking sorry, a ton of questions. No, you're really all interested. good. What did that evolve into now? Like, what's the, has you have you moved the goalpost on what you guys expect? Don't you guys have videos of when you guys were in the cross building? Yeah, yeah. yeah. we had a so. I don't know. The first couple ones just definitely weren't as good. They weren't as we're sure. figuring out. It takes a hundred videos, right? Yeah, we're yeah. figuring out better, high quality. We're becoming more, like when I first started doing the podcast, I hated talking up here and stuff. So, getting more comfortable with it, it's just getting better all around. I would say. Okay. Yeah. yeah. At first, we like I would say we didn't really know like what our niche was. I guess of what we're like, what types of videos. Like it was pretty much all over the place of like different, just random things we were doing. But now. Like for the, like the short form videos, I would say like we're more focused on like just giving information to people and like having like answering their questions, like what they would want to know, because that's what really is a, it's all about. Like if, they're, if you're making a video that they don't want to watch, then they're not going to watch it. So sure. we'll just got to try to like inform them of like we do like the metal market updates, like different facts about metal. People like another type we do is like bailing, like people just like seeing like. It's like an ASMR process. video, yeah, right? Basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, like stuff turned into the cube at the end. Yeah. We really like seeing that process, so we'll do that. And, uh, yeah, we also do this podcast, and Todd's been trying to get into the video game a little more. Todd, yeah. you want to try to describe um, what you've been trying to do lately? Well, I think all of us have Instagram here, and I would post on Instagram from a personal one, like, once a year. Mm -hmm. So I just thought I had, like, a 1,000 followers at the time on there, so I just thought to make it into a work one and just post different nice. stuff. I found that like people who don't usually like my normal stuff like the like the um, 
the scrap videos, which is nice. Just trying to get us out there yeah. in front of new people. Any concerns with mixing personal and business? Um, yes, but um, I think it also kind of keeps you on like the right track mm. um, because like you really shouldn't be posting anything um, bad regardless. So kind of just um, – I haven't really ran into that problem yet. It's hard to kind of balance. Um, you don't want to make it about yourself. Sure. But you just have to find that like balance, I, I think. So speak, speaking yeah. on that, what do you got? So I know you're – you do a lot of content personally. You do, yeah. You're big into like you're big into Star Wars. We were talking about your hat. Yeah. Big into video gaming. I am. And we also seen a review on your. You have, he has a electric truck. Rivian. I do. Yeah. So we seen that video. You did a review on that. Yes. Yeah, um, I have three kind of main channels I'm working on right now. One's around. I do a lot of traveling, uh, both personal and for work. So um, I know before I go somewhere, I go spend money somewhere. I like to know a lot about it. Uh, so I'm just trying to bring back feedback of places I've been that I want to give feedback to if you're going to go there, things to watch out for. I'm a very detailed person when I travel as well, so I, I notice things that are re really annoying to me and things that aren't. So mm -hmm. I try to bring that back, like simple things like don't order this in the menu because it's ridic ridiculously expensive versus that, you know, stupid things like that. Yeah. Uh, and then one's around my electric truck um, because it's new, it's weird. Uh, there's, there's a lot of weird stuff and anxiety about charging, where to go, where to find it, things like that. And the other one's just around gaming because I'm a huge gaming nerd. Always have been. Been playing since I was, I don't know, since a Nintendo. That's how old I am. Mm. Uh, I think I got a Nintendo when I was 11 after I got my tonsils out. I remember specifically because I was like, my throat hurt so bad. And then they handed me the Nintendo. I was like, yeah. You're saving grace. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everything suddenly got better. So, no, yeah. And then that's pretty much it. I enjoy it. It's a process, as you guys know, right? You think you have it figured out, and then you're like, yeah. That one didn't land. Why didn't it land? Then you're diving in. So, like, you think you make like the best video ever, and, like, <laughs> and it, it just kind of flops for yeah. no reason. It's like, what the heck? Just, yeah. But that's all part of the. I mean, I think that's what makes it really fun. Part of the process. That bird is loving this <laughs> yeah. right now. It's a. Uh, it's like a wildlife uh, <laughs> sanctuary over here at Sods, but for sure, that's awesome though. Did you have you ever thought about like then, um, like making videos for SWF at all? SWF at all, or um, like trying to bring that like marketing initiative over there um, yeah so as, as Dan's much? Dan's giving me a lot of crap about that um, we're actually doing quite a bit of that in the summer um, so we're gonna we, we've been doing YouTube shorts just to kind of pull the curtain back on metal fabrication okay. um, we're gonna dive more into the, the what it looks like try to answer the questions uh, I think you know the 15 to 22 year olds yeah welding's kind of coming back I mm. feel like working with your hands going into the trades is coming back uh, which is good because we need tons of people um, so as that evolves, I think people just want to know that it's not a dungeon. You yeah. Know, like it's high tech. We have great benefits. Everybody gets vacation. It's clean, you know, within reason, obviously for the, for the industry, but like safety is a high priority. Um, you can learn tons of stuff. So yeah. You know, do you, can you kind of describe for like the people that may not know, like what is metal fabrication? Like what, mm. what are you guys basically doing over there? Yeah. So what I will tell everyone is I'm probably the least mechanically inclined person sitting at this table. So, um, they let me hold the dumb end of the tape measure all the time. So just so you know that essentially we take raw materials, either that in sheets or beams or channel, whatever, and we make something. Uh, mm. so we'll have a customer. If you can't buy it, out of a magazine, we pretty much build it out of metal. So we'll have customers that come in that have this problem, and then we create that solution, whether it be stairs, platforms, mezzanines, cyclones, anything in the food, pharma, beverage. We do tons of that, tons of stainless okay. piping. Uh, we do, you know, our, our call to fame is, like, if you've eaten a Twizzler in the last 30 years, it's gone through something that we've built. Wow. Uh, so, yeah. So lo awesome. lots of food stuff, yeah. Like, you were mentioning, like, um, showing, like, younger guys that are – gonna come into a career like that it's not a dungeon like that was one thing that we tried to like like not a lot of scrapyards are really making like the content that we're making so it kind of it kind of puts like a shines a brighter light on it and you can really do the same thing with the welding and fabrication yeah one thing i noticed about your guys's videos i think even the shorts when you do the updates of the market yeah. like having a heap of metal behind you mm. gives you so much legitimacy because normally it's somebody in an office with a bookshelf in the back, nothing wrong with that. But yeah. like you coming from an actual scrapyard where it's like day-to-day -day change oh, and how it affects, like that is absolutely massive. And Dan gave me that note as well. He said like, once you guys really start putting, like make sure you're in the shop, have the background of the shop because that yeah. sells the legitimacy because it, it, right, it's our day-to-day, -day. It's, yeah. it's everything we're doing. So, yeah. For yeah. sure. Um, kind of going off of that, you guys have like other capabilities you're doing as well. Um, we were looking on your website, uh, like designing and engineering, uh, metal fabrication we talked about, 
field services, piping, a water and waste water water and wastewater and industrial construction mm -hmm. um have you guys has it uh, like these updates these things been um new changes or yeah, like since how you've started is that like just recently you got uh that? no we've probably been in most of those markets for over 10 years uh okay. wastewater is interesting because you wouldn't really think about metal fabrication but pretty much everything in a wastewater plant is some sort of metal yeah um, so processing it to you know obviously all of our waste um, so that's a huge market for us. Um, industrial services, we've been doing install, I think, since the inception of the company as well. So we, not only do we build things, we can also put them in at the places. If they yeah. buy equipment from either the U.S. or overseas, we install that. Rigging, uh, piping's obviously a huge one as well for a lot of process piping. So, yeah, all that, they've been, you know, SWS been doing that stuff for since, you know, uh, late yeah. 80s, early 90s. Wow, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Were you like going off before? Did you, um, what did you kind of plan out of high school or at, I don't know if you went to college? <laughs> what, have you, did you see yourself working at a welding fabrication or what? No, dude, yeah. that's such a funny, that's such a funny <laughs> subject. Um, so I'm a biology major. So I went oh. to four years of biology. I wanted to be an eye doctor originally. Uh, did my four years of biology. So just so anybody out there who is unsure or thinks think that they have it all figured out, don't worry, even if you don't, because it changes pretty rapidly. So mm -hmm. got through that. I did a whole summer of interning uh, at an eye doctor uh, at an office and uh, realized that I just is it was not for me. You know, whether it was just the work, a little bit of the general public, the the suit the dress up every day like yeah. all of that just doesn't fit me at all and i didn't realize that probably going through school i just saw science i knew medical fields obviously always hot mm. dating people so i kind of leaned towards that I always loved science i did well in college but it just it didn't trigger like what internally i love so after mm. school i really had no idea what i was going to do moved back home played video games for like six months in my parents <laughs> basement did the true gamer life right yes. for six straight months yes. oh my god and my, i remember my dad every day be like how many resumes did you send out and i'd be like 10 like i could do them in like you know an hour because the internet allows you to do that yeah um yeah it was the greatest well one of the greatest six months of my life was just playing <laughs> video games 13 hours a day what's, you your, what's your favorite game of all time oh I don't, I'll have to come back to that. What do you think you were playing during those six months? Oh, Call of Duty. Call 13 of Duty? hours a day. Yeah. Oh, wow. Do you know? Do you remember what COD it was or no? Modern Warfare 2. And the, oh, wow. that's, the old yeah. One. The old one. Playing yeah. Rust. That was, Rust. Not the remastered, yeah. See, that was like yeah. the beginning of our like time when we were getting into getting into video games pretty much so yeah, that, yeah it was it, awesome it gobbled up my life did you play did you sorry to interrupt no, you're but good. Did, you, did you play black ops 2 um, no that was kind of once it got like real twitchy yeah. and like crazy that's out of my scene like, like jumping like the flood yeah like, like the whole slide cancel situation yeah. I'm not into that that's when I kind of slid over to Battlefield so you missed out on transit <laughs> zombies yeah black ops 2 <laughs> yeah, that was the best time of my life still so <laughs> yeah so uh, anybody who plays video games you can still become successful don't worry uh, yes. everything's in moderation right so no I did that and then uh, my dad worked in power plants all his life and then I kind of you know I, I tripped into that I had a, a real good friend of my dad's who I got an interview with and then moved down here in 2008 and then you know like I said did that for 10 years and then came over here um, yeah loved it I love as soon as I got into project management construction building things uh, data scheduling you know all that control cost control excel i loved all that okay. and then once i realized i loved that like it was game over is uh, that kind of a lot of stuff that you're doing now at for stuart welding yeah i'm a huge data uh i love all things data i love excel i love planning um I'm a horrible person to go on vacation with because like I literally have like every minute <laughs> like mm -hmm. laid out in my head. I, I don't like surprises when I'm, when I'm doing things. So uh, it really fits, it really fit kind of my core person with the planning yeah. and construction's obviously all about plans and, and trying to stick to those and controlling the changes and everything like that. So I have a huge passion for that. So whatever construction industry you're in, whether it's industrial metal fabrication or general construction or you know dirt work or anything like that, it's all, you know, the language is the same. So mm -hmm. you can take your project management language and kind of fit that into multiple buckets, which yeah. is nice, so. What was the, what was like the first job you did at, at, at SWF? Uh, what was the first thing I focused on? So normally I feel when people go into, cause I was only a manager at DNZ for probably two and a half years. So mm -hmm. really working with people. The cool thing is a lot of the people who are my direct reports 
were working out of South Carolina and I was in Pennsylvania. So I got really comfortable with remote work, remote workers, uh, like people I couldn't touch every day. Uh, so really using data, using technology. At that time we were using GoTo, or was it GoToMeeting? Whatever that before. So this was before like COVID and everything yeah, happened? Yeah, okay. yeah, So like it was a little bit foreign, but it didn't bother me because the data kind of tells you what people were doing. Mm-hmm. So then uh, I was able to wrap my arms around like very early stages of how to work with people, manage people, but it was hard. I, you know, trying to figure it out. I didn't have a whole lot of leadership classes at that point in time. Um, and then, you know, got in the situation, got the opportunity over here to come over to here to help out really with the family. And the biggest thing over here was just like, when you get into times, at least my, my perspective, when you get into situations that you're unsure, like didn't know, you know, didn't know what I was walking into, super insecure, um, not sure how to, how to fix what I was walking into. So usually go to the things that are most comfortable. For me, that yeah. was the project management piece. So the first place I really focused on was the projects. Uh, how are we controlling them? How can we get a little bit better? What does that need to look like? And just kind of walking my way through that, making getting that in a good feel, and then kind of just working through the next couple of things. The president at my last company told me, he gave me the best advice because he knew my personality before I left. And you know I was super nervous. And he said, just don't change too much too quickly because he knew my personality is get in and just start crunching right away. Yeah. It's like, because people don't like that much change all at the same time. And it was really good advice because I was able to kind of step, you know, step my way through. Uh, I mean, obviously the group was amazing. I walked into such a great team and they were running things. So really these were just mm-hmm. minor tweaks of uh, some things that we could have done a little bit better, but it was just kind of finding my feet. I didn't yeah. know. I wouldn't say I went in and really changed a whole lot. It was really just finding what I, where my place was and, and where I fit into the whole ecosystem because they were just crushing it anyway. So, yeah. so would you say, has your like, ability to like, manage people gotten better when you joined uh, SWF? And like, like, any advice for us um, like leading and managing? I know you, you said <laughs> you, took, you took classes and stuff um, yeah. that helped you. Uh, yeah, I took some classes with D&Z. Dane's is where I worked before. Um, mm. uh, that was great. It was really insight around, you know, inclusivity, diversity, understanding people, everybody's different thought processes, accepting that, how that helps bottom line, uh, innovation, things like that. Yeah. <clears throat> so taking some of those early skills and then, yeah, it's kind of finding, it, it's, it's weird, man. It's, Anybody who says they have a book that probably figured it out is <laughs> yeah. probably not true because it's it's so complex. I think of it as like this giant spider web. Mm-hmm. If you take spider webs and you place them on top of each other, like that's what all of us are trying to do with these with these companies. Yeah. And it's just so intricate. And every time you think, once again, you think you have it figured out, you probably don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, one size doesn't fit all. One one solution doesn't fit the next problem because it's just it's also different and we're so complicated. And it's, out, it's the lives outside of work that really make it complicated, right? So yeah. you and I could be good today, and tomorrow you could come in and something happened at home that I don't know about, but we're not, any, we're not good anymore. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea why, yeah. right? And that's, that's us. They, and that's, you think it's like you're the one like, sure. that caused that problem. Right, and, you, it's, and that's why the open-mindedness and, and just trying to really be okay with people being in their space and being flexible, I think, is the real key there. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's difficult. Um, yeah, it's... Managing's hard. It really is. It really is. So biggest key is just try to be open-minded, be flexible. Know you're going to learn something. I know Dan's really good with you guys with that. You guys, I heard that a ton on this podcast. You're going to learn something from everybody you meet. That is 100% true. Exactly. I couldn't. There's. I think there's been like 12 people who've said that exact same sentence on your podcast, and it is. It speaks mm-hmm. so true. You never know sure. what room you're walking into and what you're going to learn from that person. So. Yeah. How's how's the um, like how's the peer group helped you out? Oh, man. Good question. Uh, Massively. I think big pieces of that would be perspective. You can get really wrapped in your own head when you're going through situations or things in the company maybe aren't going as well as you think they should or whatever that looks like. And if you go to your peer group and whether you either process that issue or you just get a perspective of someone else's situation that could be worse than your situation, you kind of, it allows you to put things in perspective and kind of back away and give yourself some grace. Cause yeah. you can really get wrapped around the axle about things that may not be that significant. Mm-hmm. Um, so the perspective is huge. The issue processing, just having people to talk to about stuff, you know, that's, and that's why your guys' group and being able to communicate with each other 
having you know people like Mike and Dan to lean on, it, it's massive. Um, and I think with any company, you're really going to need that because you never know what problems are going to have to get solved and what's coming down the pipeline. So um, as long as everybody feels open and honest to bring things up, um, I think the key to innovation, innovation, I feel, is one of those things that's really not actionable. Like, I can't tell you, I don't want you doing anything else today but innovating. Like, just do that. Yeah. I don't think you can actually task someone with doing that. I think it's, it's like a natural thing that happens when people feel comfortable. A problem comes down the pipeline, and then because everyone feels good with just tossing things out, right? Because you don't feel like, mm -hmm. okay, if I throw this out, they're all going to just sit here and laugh because they're going to think I'm an idiot. If you yeah. don't have that feeling and you're like, it's gonna, I'm going to toss this out, they're going to smack it around. And then we're going to come up with something that's going to be worthwhile in the end. Um, that's why I think innovation really comes from like a good, healthy culture, you know, yeah. diverse diversity of thought, um, inclusion, making sure that you feel comfortable just lay, throwing things out there that may be dumb, but that may turn into something else. So, yeah, mm -hmm. that's all really important. And how, how do you like go around like about finding the right people to like have that those talks with and like be able to bounce all the ideas off them and stuff? Like, do you just like people you've known like? that you have connections with for a while that you can trust or like how do you if it's a new person like how do you go about trusting trusting them and with bouncing off ideas and making sure like they won't like uh over criticize you or do whatever that wouldn't be good to like have these talks with them you know yeah that's a good question i mean it depends on the tier of the problem um so you know the business related stuff like you know if we're dealing day-to-day -day stuff and it's, i'm pretty i'm pretty open but if we're mm -hmm. talking like um 10 year, five year plans, what that looks like, you know, long term stuff for the company. Um, yeah. You know, that group might be a little bit smaller just because it's going to mm -hmm. be really critical for long term um, ideas and philosophies and things like that. But I, I probably pull, I pull more people into the day to day meetings or if we have a customer situation or a quality thing we're trying to work through or we're trying to go after a new product. I'm pretty open. I, I love bringing in because there's like those non-tangibles that come out of just collaboration in those. Yeah. And I think there's a lot to learn by being in those types of meetings if you're not exposed to that a lot. So when you guys go to all these conferences, right? Yeah. Probably the first one you went to, you were like, <laughs> yeah, right? Nervous. And then and then you go to the next one and you go to the next one and you start getting comfortable with talking to this person, talking to that person. People coming up to you, it's like way more normal. You guys are probably way more attuned at being in that situation than I will ever be because Dan always yells at me because those are not my functions at all. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's groomed you guys for that, right? Yeah. And now you can sit in a conference. You could even be up on a stage in a conference, right? Because yeah. you did that not too long ago. Me and, Dan. and you said when you used to do these podcasts, you hated it. Yeah. And you probably would have never gone on the stage and done that, right? Yeah. Right? Just kind of comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? And just exposing yourself to that new situation. So, for sure. yeah, that, I think that is huge. And I, I you know, commend all you guys for doing that because the more you're going to do that, the better you're going to be able to do all. You never know the next opportunity that's coming down. They're going to be like, hey, would you talk about this in front of a whole school? Like, that, that could be coming. You never know. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, so what would you say, um, going back to Stuart Welding, of course, um, what would you say your favorite part of your job is and what is your least favorite? I know it's kind of a, no, that's a good question. I should have knew that was coming. <laughs> I should have prepped for that one. <laughs> um, favorite part. Favorite part is really probably the collaboration and seeing people grow. Like I love, I love I love when there's potential in a person and they don't see it yet, right? And you're like, there's that, right? You see that glimmer and you're like, okay, there, there's something there. And then you kind of keep feeding that and then it really blossoms into something amazing. And the person's like this next level of person that they didn't think they could be because they had a lot of insecurity, reservation. And then they turned in and it's like, no, I know you can do this. It's not just me. I'm just saying as a group, as a team, we're kind of pushing that person into that next phase. Mm -hmm. And then they like, they hit it and the eureka moment happens. Uh, and they just kind of they go with it and they're just on a next level i love seeing that kind of stuff yeah. um worst parts just the stress of business right where's the next thing coming uh managing the workload you know the the people aspect as we all know in, in these types of industries getting well really every industry right now let's be honest it's mm -hmm. tough getting people and keeping people mm -hmm. so i would say the stress of making sure trying to make sure everybody's as happy as they can be at work is probably it's just, it's, it's constant, right? There's never, it never really turns off. You can ride a wave where you're like, 
Like you're mm. looking around. No one wants to knock on anything because everything seems good. Yeah. You know, and it, but it's just business because it's an evolution of, of everyone's situations at home and what you're bringing into work, what you're taking home, what work's causing, all that kind of stuff. So. For sure, for sure. Mm. What about, so we were looking at some of your core values. Mm. Um, were you, so the three, sorry, what was the three? Three C's. I, yeah, the three Creativity, C's. Um, connection. Character and commitment. Commitment, commitment, okay. So yeah, were you a part of kind of coming up with that? And how important do you think how important do you think that is? Well, I know we, for us, core values are big, really big deal. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, there's a lot of philosophy around, you know, like the branding of the company. So we rebranded about two years ago, um, and really got into we kind of had a, a flowy cursive logo and got into more of the bold, blocky kind of construction-y yeah. Uh, yeah. feel. And with that, we kind of we, we reworked the the core values there into the three C's. And that kind of came from um, working with our marketing company Synapse, uh, Bobby, who's in my in my leadership group as well. And he's like, you know, talking about a chain link fence because it's strong um, mm. and it's it's made out of metal. So we, you know, he came up with that philosophy, which we which we loved. And yeah, I mean, it, it, it's who we are. At the, at the end of the day, whether they're they're new in our philosophy, it's you know yeah. we're known for the high quality. You know we're not always going to be the cheapest, but our stuff is going to be exactly what you ordered. It's going to be a very high quality because the people we employ they have high skill. They're multi they're multifaceted as well, which makes them so amazing as uh, as creatives and you know as fabricators and PMs and really everybody kind of has to have a little bit of multi jobs because we like to keep mm-hmm. it tight and be flexible. Um, that creativity piece you wouldn't think about metal fabrication as being creative usually that's more of but it's kind of an artistic thing i mean yeah. what what they do with metal is it is it's pretty crazy to it's see. insane yeah. right to take a flat sheet and to step bend it into a cone right and then that turns into something that creates some sort of food or spice or sugar or whatever yeah i mean it's so is yeah the things that they do they take a a model that's on a you know on paper and turn it into a 3D product is just insane to me. So mm-hmm. major artists, I think anybody who welds or creates is an artist at heart. Um, and then characters, just we try to do what we say, right? We try to lay it out. We're super honest. We're transparent with our customers. Uh, if we don't think it's a fit or we can't fit it in our shop at that point in time, we let them know. We've let you know tons of opportunity have to walk away, but it's not right for the customer if we say we can do it and we know we're not going to be able to make it in time. So um, we just try mm-hmm. to be upfront and honest all the time. I'm sure it's really satisfying seeing like the you see all the guys in the shop working, welding, doing everything they got to do. And then you see like guys the, and gals, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> but then you get to see like the final, the end product of yeah. like what what that turned into, what they were working on in the shop turns into this big machine, whatever it is. Yeah, it is. that's that's the craziest part, and that's where it's it's interesting because we we do a lot of internal promotion. Uh, so we'll take, uh, for instance, our CEO Brian. He's been there for 35 years. Um, so he started out as the number six welder in the company, I believe. He was employee number six. Um, and then now he's COO. He was pretty much second in command when I came in, uh, and he was Al's right hand. And, um, and what's interesting, he said the hardest transition for him going into the office was that he didn't get, he didn't get to create things every day. Yeah. Right? So he's creating now spreadsheets and reports and paperwork, but it doesn't scratch that itch. So he used to – he would go work in the shop on the weekends just to scratch that. Wow. And now he's finally gotten himself out of that, whether he's doing personal projects at home or whatever. But um, I hear that a lot with uh, the guys and gals who come from the shop and come into the office. It's that, like, where's the thing I built today? Right? I would feel like if I mowed all, like I love mowing, as you guys know, <laughs> if I mowed all day long and then had to, like, give that up and move into the office, like, I'd, get, I'd miss looking at the beautiful lawn at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of... You know, that's kind of some of the things I feel that um, this is the final product. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's install or fab, it doesn't really matter. It's that it's that final beautiful creation of putting something together that actually provides, you know, usually it's for people or whatever that looks like. So, yeah, it's it's crazy, man. I, I can't get over some of the things that are built uh, and whether it's carpentry or metalwork or whatever. I mean, what people can do with their hands just it blows my mind. My dad was very much that way. I got none of those skills because I just didn't pay attention like an idiot when I was a kid. But the, the thing I, I wish I would have, because like you think of all the home projects, right? When you buy your own mm-hmm. house, like it's expensive to do all that stuff. And a lot of the people who get to on their day-to-day job, work with their hands, work in the trades, they take all those skills home and they're solving all those problems, right? And I'm an idiot sitting here and like, my toilet's leaking, I don't know what to do, so. <laughs> yeah. What is it about, what's, you mentioned it, why do you love mowing the grass so much? Is it just kind of peaceful to you or what? 
Yeah, it's the headphones. It's four four and a half acres also to mow. To mow, yeah, Yeah. and I love it. I mean, I'll mow it like three times a week during this time period. It's Yeah, it's the quietness. It's just me and my headphones and the mower for a couple of hours. Um, When you got to, you know, when you're talking and deal with people all day long, you know, that that separation into kind of having your own time is is a big deal. I forgot you you also told me last time that you play like farming simulators. I do. Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> so funny. So I actually I joke with people at work because I'll like mow my grass for two and a half hours, then I'll go vir- I'll mow vir- virtual grass for like another hour, right? Or like tend to my corn or crops or whatever. Yeah. No, farming simulator is amazing if you've never played it. It is so relaxing. It is do, you, do you think you could ever like maybe do like a farm or have a farm? No, because I can't fix anything. Right? If anything broke mm-hmm. down, I'd be screwed because I literally can't fix anything. But yeah. It's the concept in my mind of like. I love like when I'm going down the highway and I see like a huge combine on the back of a tractor trailer, mm-hmm. right? Like that stuff's crazy to me on uh, just the, the evolution of farming, the, the robotics that's coming into it now where they're setting like combines with GPS and they're just going, right, out mm-hmm. in the Midwest. Yeah. That, that stuff's fascinating to me. Do you, do you think like kind of going, bring that to like the, the metals industry, mm-hmm. do you think like automation and advanced technology, what do you think that's kind of going to look like in like years, a couple of years from now? It's interesting. We've, uh, we've tested out the hours a couple of times. We've had a, a couple of robotics companies. Obviously, robotic welding is, is getting better and better. And we're still hours, a couple hours off, a couple hundred mm-hmm. hours off being be able because our application is so custom right Mm -hmm. so if you have this if you're making the same thing all the time automation fits perfectly yeah our customers call and say i got a space this big and i want to fit this thing in it how does Mm -hmm. it go in any specific right so until a lot of these so far all most of the robotics are around weldments right when you set something in it does its job you set the next thing and does its job yeah and it'll recalibrate it's starting to do really nice scans and everything now but a lot of our stuff is large Okay. And the booths just aren't there yet. I'm not saying it won't be. Like we have a robotic plasma cutter now oh. where it brings in beams and it'll cut them where that used to be like a mag drill and setting out all the holes and doing all that torch oh, cutting yeah. used to take some of our hires fabricators, you know, three, four hours to do all that layout. Now the robot, we just send our drawing to the robot. Uh, Kenny runs it and he runs it all day long and it just spits out exactly. So it'll put wow. even etch marks of where the center lines of the beams are. So our install guys, we can actually make like like Lego pieces out of them, right? It will mark them, we'll etch them mm-hmm. so they can look at the drawing and know exactly what pieces are supposed to go where, so. Yeah. It's awesome. all, it's all incredible. I mean, it's, it's crazy what it, like, what it could be in like 10, 20 years from now, yeah, who knows? Towards it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be great. And it's, you know, I'm not so much worried about, it's just gonna be the evolution of what the person's job description looks like, right? Mm-hmm. You may be setting up robotic welders because you know a lot about welding versus doing the welding yourself you're still going to need that application because um you know if it's not right you're going to have to be able to see okay this is this is not welding correctly it's because i have too much of this or too i'm not even yeah. going in the swim lane that i shouldn't be in right now <laughs> you're going to be like get out of that lane no but no yeah it'll be it'll just be the education the education of the application yeah yeah for sure i like what you said about like for for mowing i feel like I don't know if you guys feel the same, but like for tor- you've been down to the torch area, mm. like that's kind of for me like a way that I can just check out. You just have one thing to focus on. You have to cut these pieces mm-hmm. into two two foot two foot sections. Yep. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of put your headphones on and just space out. A do you, do you yeah. ever listen to like podcast or music or like complete like silence? No, I'm, I'm, your a, brain? I'm a podcast junkie. As okay. Well. Yeah. Nice. Not a big music person. Uh, my wife thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> I probably listen to music like maybe three times a year. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> yeah. I am. I literally listen to podcasts all day long. I mean, what's your what's your favorite? Pod- I mean, other than the dumpster talks. Yeah. Besides <laughs> the dumpster talks, uh, I'm a big Arsenal football fan, which is an English oh, yeah. London-based soccer team. Um, so a lot of podcasts around that. Obviously, the end of the season's coming up. So uh, it was a terrible weekend, so don't ask me about it. Uh, <laughs> is, is Arsenal doing good right now? Or? Well, second place, but second? we're not. Yeah, we, we lost the title pretty much this weekend. So. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway. Who do you um, lose it to? Who was, Man who's City. Man, okay, Manchester yeah. City. I'm not going to lie. You're really diverse. Definitely. You have a lot of different interests. Into a lot of different That's good. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I think a lot of people are that way. They just may not talk about them. That's true. Mm. You know, uh, I watched Air this weekend. Oh, oh we how was that? Team. We watched it. We watched it uh, at uh, Isaiah's Isaiah's shed this weekend. How actually. good was that? It was it pretty was really good. good. Yeah. yeah how good was I, it? I didn't. I thought it was going to be more like, 
like we would see Michael Jordan more, but it really it wasn't like that much about it though. It was just the process of it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally to derail this, but yes, if you haven't seen it, amazing movie, go check it out. Matt Damon was incredible. He was very good. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good actor. It's also like you can't really have someone play Michael Jordan. Like you can't really show AI now. They did it in Star Wars with (laughs) with Luke. Yeah, but it's hard to it's hard to like. Yeah, I love the way I love the way they did it. Um, in the sense of like he was not the main character mm-hmm. in yeah. sense, right? It was really about his family, his about the negotiation. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Didn't know Neki bought Converse in thirteen. I thought that was really interesting. I know, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that yeah, they put that up as like a little a little screen grab. Mm, um, at the end. Yeah, I remember. It's fascinating. Fascinating the rules that were on the Nike the CEO's oh, yeah. like mm-hmm. wall of like and they kept flashing the rules up of the company. Yeah. You know, and they had the weekend where they went back to like right the small business grind where they're all in a room, they're in the lunchroom yeah. stealing snacks, like just trying to make sure a deal happens. That has to be crazy. Uh, I think that what they say like Moses Malone was there. They had one one guy, yeah. just Moses Malone wearing their shoes before him. Yeah. And then now look at it. So it was the first NBA player to ever get revenue percentage of all shoes with his mm-hmm. name on it, right? First yeah. time ever yeah. in the contracts. And then that first year they sold what 124 million I think worth, so. of, yeah. worth, yeah. Of, worth of shoes. And then now like, it's like one point like three billion or something yeah. like that. <laughs> I mean you think about it, Air Jordans are like a currency, right? Yeah. yeah. Like there's a whole there's a whole side market. Yeah, I just, I just, I just made a purchase. Hey, so, let's go. So, if you're watching this Michael Jordan, um, send us some free shoes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Spend a lot of money with you. But it, it, you never know, I guess. And I mean, the foresight of Jordan's mother, if that's the way it actually happened, was incredible. I mean, mm. just incredible. What a genius. I need to watch it. For sure. It's very good. Yeah. yeah Master negotiator it she was. It's on Prime for free. Oh, mm-hmm. Prime for free. I like free. Yeah. Cool. Um, going back to SWF, I, I, I remember talk, you talking about your projects. I was just, I had a question, like, do you remember your most, like, challenging project you ever had or, like, or the longest one you had, or if you can remember, like, I would say the most then. challenging wouldn't be with SWF. Um, it was probably mm-hmm. with my previous employer. I spent a okay. lot of time in Kansas. Have you ever been there? <laughs> I've no, I've never been to Kansas. It's yeah. I'll, I'll leave it at that. someday though. Uh, it's yeah. It's there's a lot of nothing for a lot of, a okay. lot of hours. So it's just a long drive. Um, but that was probably my toughest project. It was it was very. It was a, like, I think it was there for like nine months. Oh wow. Like seventy eight hour weeks. Like it was just long. And there was, it was just a, it was a big project. There was a reasonable amount of problems and it was just a struggle. And when you go through that kind of stuff, like it's never the good projects you remember. It's always the really tough ones that you learn a lot from. Yeah. That usually carry with it. So I remember that vividly. Like I couldn't tell you literally a lick about like the best project I've ever had from that time period. But since Mm -hmm. I've been to SWF, we've had a ton of like ones, especially I would say ones that we went into a venture that was a bit new for us. Okay. Um, so maybe it was a new welding procedure or we've never done this type of application before or we've never built like a 72-inch diameter you know, mm. pipe. Like that's really cool because yeah. you can watch, you can just present the problem and then the shop kind of takes it and takes best practices and does mock-ups and tries to figure it out and then finds a solution and then we just start running. And we get to the end of the job, we track it through the whole way and it, do, you know, it, it, it goes well and then mm. they're just like, you can see the level just raise of like, okay, now we can do this. Yeah. Okay, now we can do this, right? That's going back to even on an individual level but as a company, when you get over that hurdle of like something you've never tried before and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, like we can almost figure everything out. Yeah. Right? We just take all of our individual skills and apply it to this one problem. And it was just, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. We've done that quite a bit of just trying new stuff. You know, obviously some things don't absolutely fit, but you know, spreading our wings a bit to try to try to go down roads that we've never been before. It's been fun. Once you see it work, I guess it kind of gives you more confidence to take on other jobs and stuff. Yeah, and it's really like from the office, you know, we sit in a certain, you know, barometer of like, I'm not sure. And then you lay it out to the shop and they're like, let's go for it, right? Let's try. And you're like, okay, now I got all the confidence in the world. Like, let's go. So it's usually, it's the shopper field who really bring it back the feedback. And, you know, I don't think if you ask, if you don't ask enough and you try to take that pressure or that, the decision on yourself, Mm -hmm. um, that won't always work out. And sometimes you just got to lay it out what do you think? Like, what should we do? What are your What are your fears? Uh, what are you excited about? And then you get real input back, and then you can really collaborate. So it's been it's been fun. Do you think that will eventually lead to more more things that SWF does uh, in the future? Or, yeah, or I think not getting caught up in the you know it's the way we've always done it. Everybody has that. We have mm. that. We still have some of that. And we're trying to you know get over that. And some of it you don't even know that you have. Like, yeah, that's just natural. 
So you're as ignorant as you are today because you just haven't experienced something tomorrow. Um, so I, I don't understand the fascination with everybody hating the word ignorant because we're all ignorant about, like, I don't play tennis, so I'm ignorant about tennis. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know about tennis. We all have some of that. It's just we just haven't experienced enough in that genre or that niche of whatever we need to, to get to. So just trying to keep push, pushing that envelope for sure um, as a group. And once again, making sure everybody feels comfortable to be like, you know what, I feel like we should go for it. And then it just starts the conversation of, okay, why do you feel that way? And then you usually lead down the road of new things. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Kind of, oh, go there you go. Going like off, just off topic a little bit. Mm. Unless you want to stay on the cup stuff. No, you, you well, just um, like you said, your wife and then your your father-in-law was who um, started. started the company. Mm -hmm. How do you kind of, so you have your wife. I don't know if you have any children at all. Um, how do you kind of balance off like family time and mm. like and personal time. life between work life and you have any advice for, for that? Yeah, that balance is always tough. Um, especially like, I mostly see it, I'm terrible with it when I'm stressed. Because mm -hmm. um, normally that's when I would like. You're thinking I'm, about work outside of work. Well, not only that, but I'll like, I'll like kind of hermit up, right? Like okay. I'll, I'll take that all in myself and try to, I'll be a bit more standoffish, yeah. um, which I, I shouldn't be, right? Because like sometimes it just makes you feel so much better when you just like, bleh, like you just let it all out. Yeah. Let it all out. So I, I notice that I, I do that, especially when I'm stressed, when I really should just be leaning on other people mm -hmm. way more. And I'm trying to work on that uh, all the time, whether that's either with my wife or with my peer group or people at work, like just trying to get out of my own head sometimes. And that's when I go back to that perspective thing. Like I'm in my own head, then I go to my peer group and I'm like, oh, like what am I worried? Like people have already been down this road. What am I so worried about? Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I try to do that. That's my, I feel my biggest struggle um, with that balance is really when I'm stressed. When I'm not stressed and things are going well, like I'm pretty good at seeing the world the way I should be seeing it. It's mm -hmm. mostly when the stress comes in and I'm like, I go in a bubble and I just I can't sometimes it's hard to get out of that so makes a lot of sense I was getting ready to join a yeah. peer group with E-Town yeah um, I just interviewed for it last month um, I have one more person that needs to accept me and then I'll be in it I start um, June 20th is my first is mm. my first meeting the morning after my 21st birthday hey 8am so, <laughs> sharp guess you're not going out <laughs> nope, nope. Uh, are you nervous about anything um no um most of the stuff I'm worried, not like the, not anything like I have control of, just like more on like the business end, like the numbers and stuff, um, that, that kind of, I'm nervous about that a little bit, but other than that, I'm, I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty excited about it, um, I know it's going to be a good opportunity for me, and also, um, I'm the third Tuesday of each month, and Michael's the first week, and Eileen's the second, so I'll be going like last of each month, so that'll help me out, um, I'm just happy to, for the opportunity. Um, they don't take too many young people, so yeah. I think the other youngest person's 35. Yeah, yeah man, gobble all of that up yeah. that you can. Uh, yeah. It is such a huge, huge difference in just things you'll get exposed to, other situations other people are dealing with, things that you be able to process yourself. I mean, you're in the key group, right? Yeah, so I'm in the message group. We have a meeting Thursday, and like I would say the same thing that you said. Like it's like become like a highlight of my month, really. Like I go there, and whatever's bothering me at work, if I'm having problems or troubles at work. Like, I'll talk about it, and then I realize, like, every single time I realize that this guy's already dealt with this, and he's made it through it, yeah. and it's, like, not that big of a, yeah. Like it, what, what were you most nervous about going in, or um, if you were? I guess kind of just being the, like, being the young guy, mm. and like, feeling like I had not really add to it. Mm. Um, How quickly did that dissolve? Everybody was probably <laughs> waiting for your input, right? Yeah. yeah. They, they definitely make sure to tell me every time that I'm like a big part of the group. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of like you become close with the people, like really close yeah. with the people. Agreed. Yeah. It's like it is. It's like a it's like a community pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, because you're kind of laying stuff out there, right? Yeah. Which you know, there's a there's a there's a confidence in there that doesn't leave the room, so you get to really grind into things that are super. And there's not many times in life that you you find groups like that where you mm -hmm. can really process yeah. stuff that are. That's digging at you, so no, I love it. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's it's incredible. Also, like um, you know, AR, mm -hmm. like she she's our um, she's like the Vistage chair for our group, and like we did, she helped us a little bit with some business development here, trying to help us figure out our core values and just different stuff, and like she's like the nice, she's the best person. So she's the her, best chair. Yeah, <laughs> having her as our chair is like yeah, easy, it kind of made me feel at ease a little bit. No, I 100% agree. Uh, 
AR is amazing. The challenging, but not being intrusive. At the, somehow she has this knack of mm -hmm. knowing how to push you for where you need to be. Um, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. She's AR is definitely great. <laughs> Props to AR. <laughs> Shout, out. Shout out. Shout out AR. Ooh. So let me ask some questions because your your guys your age group is a is a hot topic, right? Of of lately, and yeah, I've been to a couple breakfasts and things like that where it's. Why don't kids just want to work these days, right? Yeah, we don't want to work. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let's let's talk a little bit about that. So, what does work, what does work look like for you now? Like, what is important? So, when you're going into, when you're coming here, what what are you looking for out of your day? I could pro mm. I, I could touch on that. Just having like a purpose or something to work towards. Okay. I feel like a lot of kids. Well, I'm speaking for a lot of kids our age. Um, they like to work, but they don't like. Like say they'll get a job and they're just doing the same stuff every day. Like their bosses aren't looking for them to grow mm. necessarily. Um, I know a lot of places don't like Dan trains us to replace him, which um, a lot of people are scared of like the competition. Like mm. they don't want to train people to replace them, but who's going to replace you at the end of the day? <laughs> like I feel like that's a big problem. Um, but no, um, people, young kids just want to work. They just need to have like something to work towards. I think. And also, like, we hear it all the time at, like, we'll be at events, and, like, the speaker will be like, yeah, all these young kids don't want to work. And we're just like... <laughs> and you're, like, in the audience, like, we're here. <laughs> we're here. We're here. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. That's I think it's a lot has to do with, like, how the company sets it up. Like, we're really lucky to have Michael and Dan. Yeah. And, like, like, for us, there's, like, a bunch of stuff, like, throughout the day that we're... Like, we all have different responsibilities, like, carrying Isaiah more into the marketing and Todd, too, now. And he, he works with a lot of the brokers, like selling metal out of here. Mm -hmm. Me and Gil are more in the, like a lot in the process, um, going around, making sure the operation's running good, mm -hmm. putting ourselves in it. And we all do mm -hmm. that as well, too. We, there's days when we have to just really focus on processing in the yard. Right. So, like, if you think about it, like, there's, like, on any given day, like, if we don't, if we don't show up or come and do what we need to do, like, the company's going to be falling back a little bit. Mm. So it kind of, it gives us, like, a sense of, like, responsibility and, like, I don't know. It is really good. So I'm going to be mm -hmm. devil's advocate here. So, you know, people watching this are going to say, well, yeah, you guys have a specific niche here. You have a specific group of people. So mm -hmm. what are you seeing amongst your friends that don't work here? Like, are you seeing, like, are you, do you feel the same thing? Do you feel that there are, everybody, do, they just want maybe a bigger picture, right? I want to work. I want to do a good job, but I also want to see a bigger picture. I hear that a lot. Right. Show me, mm -hmm. show me the why behind what I'm doing. I kind, I kind of feel, yeah, it's like that. Like I kind of feel like they don't really have a. They're, not, they're not talking with. Well, it is also harder. We only have 14 or 16 employees here, mm -hmm. so we're going to be with Dan and Mike a lot. Sure. Like a lot of. Um, so is, let me let me stop you there. Is that FaceTime important? Yeah, really important. Is that FaceTime important? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so like, if you're not working with your boss every day or knowing kind of the bigger picture of what you're doing, like. Some some companies it's hard for them to do that. Sure. But like, how many employees do you guys have? 157. Yeah. So it's it's harder to get like to touch every like make a connection with everyone every single day. Sure. Mm -hmm. But that part I think like that showing like a bigger picture and like showing how what you're gonna do is gonna pay off or like grow mm -hmm. the company. Mm -hmm. That that like is a big like a lot of kids our age I would say they're like we have friends that are going to work but it's just kind of. They don't know why they're going to work. It's a job, not a career. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much, like, employers, like, they're going to get as much as what they put into it. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure Dan and Michael don't have to do 90% of the stuff they do for us, but they do it just because they care. And they see that it's, like, paying off, so it's, like, the best of both worlds, kind of. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I just feel like not too many p companies want to put it, like, the effort, extra effort in is what I would yeah. say. Yeah, I think, well, I don't even know. Yeah, I mean. I don't want to generalize, but I think everybody wants to figure it out, right? Because yes. everybody wants good people. They want good workers. They want happy workers. So that's usually where you're going to be most efficient. So who came up with the concept of all the social stuff? Was that Dan or was that one of you guys? Yeah, Dan. Uh, so Dan has a marketing background, right? I don't yeah. know how many, right? So he comes from that world and he loves this kind of stuff. Dan made like the dumpster talks, but I feel like we all kind of bounce ideas off of each other to do sure. different stuff. Like um, Carrie runs a lot of the TikTok stuff. Like I have nothing to do. Like I don't pick any of the ideas. That's all him. Um, I feel like we all kind of have our own little... But you, you get energized by this. Yeah. Right? These avenues. Sure. So you have your day job, right? But you also have this avenue to be creative in a, in a, in a lane that yeah. kind of feeds this other animal inside of you that's mm -hmm. the creative. And this content creation is what everybody wants to yeah. do right now, right? Yeah. yeah. And it gives you, like, something to do on your downtime. Like, even outside of here, like, 
before, like, when we started working here, when we first started, like, we would just be processing, processing, processing. If, they, if we had free time, we would find another process to do. But now we can kind of, we all have our Mac plugs. We can, like, sit down, talk. Um, we're still working, just trying to find ways to get ourselves out there, kind of. Okay, so if I'm somebody watching this video, do you feel that hurts production? Um, it, it, it definitely can if you don't do it in the right way. I mean, it's easy for us to come in here and just go in our MacBooks, um, but you have to kind of care, just care about mm. getting the, the goals done. I mean, he's good. He pushes us a lot. He can't. We, we mess with him a lot because he can't <laughs> stay in one spot. So he keeps us, keeps us going. But no, you just have to care. So the engagement so. piece. So, so you've locked in on the engagement of giving, caring about sod right yeah so that piece knows that you're gonna you're gonna give it all to make sure the process runs straight because you know if the business is good you guys are all good yeah and then mm -hmm. that free time is truly your free time because you know you've done all the work to get the main the yeah. source done right? and it also has to be like planned good yeah like, it has to be planned good and prior like you have to know what to prioritize hmm. for sure it gives us the opportunity to get out to and do stuff um because if we had a bunch of work to do back here in the yard we wouldn't be going like we went to Nashville last month. Right. Um, mm -hmm. If there's a lot of stuff to do here, and if we didn't work hard the week before, um, we wouldn't have been See, able to go. So you prepped for it, right? You yeah. knew you guys were going to be gone. You made sure the yard didn't fall apart because yeah. you all wanted to go to Nashville, whoever went, and it was a priority for you. For yeah. And even the people who didn't go, you all worked together to make yeah. sure that everything was tight. Yeah, because everything, awesome. like, like uh, us three went to Nashville, but others will go to, like, Louisville's coming up. So it's nice because you can't – we don't – get like mad at each other for going being able to go to certain places sure. because we're all going to end up going at some point sure so just trying to work together as best as possible that's a big deal man mm -hmm. i don't know if you guys realize how big of a deal that is but be able to cooperate to you know i got you this time because i know you're going and i'll get you next time like that's that's a really big yeah. deal it's hard mm -hmm. too because like sometimes you might look at one place better than the other but like i don't think any of us are want to leave here anytime soon and this stuff is every year mm -hmm. so like if i didn't get to, if i don't get to go louisville this year i'll probably get to do next year that's cool so mm -hmm. just kind of yeah just kinda there definitely is it. still though like all there's still always challenges though like to, some days you might get frustrated or whatever it's it sure. is like we've all known each other for many years even like a lot of us before we've been working so there's definitely hard harder days too but we're working we still hang out during the weekend. We <laughs> still working out at night. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask this. Outside of your hourly pay, what's important? Family. Family for you? Supporting family, yeah. Supporting family, having like a purpose, I guess, having a reason. Yeah, purpose to do. I feel like that's like a big thing with a lot of people in our generation. They don't really like know like what their, what their purpose is and like why they're here and um, I think a lot of people like struggle with that and Social like, kind of get lost. Also, um, also plays a big factor into that, I think, because you could be working at McDonald's and um, go on your phone and see someone on a yacht on Instagram and be like, "Oh, how can I do yeah. this?" And they're comparing themselves yeah. to like what they what they see. There's a lot of people on Instagram. They'll post like everything they post is like the happiest moments of their lives. The white picket fence. So they don't mm. yeah they don't <laughs> post like the the bad stuff as well. So I know that could definitely probably play, play a big factor sure. into young people's minds. Anything yeah. around and this is really for me. Anything around benefits, four hundred one ks, anything in the business side of things that you look for outside of just your hourly pay. Like, is there anything that really piques your interest? Uh, right now, as you know, as you're coming up through the work. Um, okay, once again to wrap up. Yeah, like I'm really big in like, I don't know, like trying to invest for my future, so sure. I know like I have that that uh, safety of sure. like um, retirement. Yeah, and I know like right now, if if we do invest like right now, it will like since we're young, it will like turn it into eventually right like a lot of money. So. So yeah, 401ks that's, and yeah stuff I would say like, that's something that's like okay. just making sure like what what I am making is some of it at least is being put towards sure. yeah. towards the future okay so yeah. I, I'm not like I don't screw myself over basically health um, insurance is big too because yeah I know that's getting um, getting very expensive yeah, it's stuff that really probably doesn't affect you too yeah. much at a younger age, but obviously as you get more, as you get older, it may affect you more. Okay. Also, dental probably. Uh, Ooh, look at you, baller. Nice. I don't know. Well, I care about my teeth a lot, and it's expensive. And, um, it sure is. Yeah. So I think dental insurance is pretty, okay. pretty mm -hmm. important. I don't know about a lot of this stuff. Um, it sucks because, like, in school, I'm not saying school's bad, 
but they don't teach you a lot. Oh, yeah. The school's great. Um, but a lot of stuff you need to know, they don't teach you. Like, I don't know how to do my taxes. Um, I don't know, like, how to sign up for dental insurance and get that stuff. Um, but, yeah, just want to throw that in there a little bit. And then all the other stuff you guys are probably getting, right? Like the trips and going to these yeah. things. Our is phones. Um, I don't know. I think everyone here, um, yeah, they bought us phones. Ah, that's amazing. Um, they pay for our phone, which is, is nice. Um, probably because you use them a lot during the day. Yeah. You get, unless, um, unless you use the Motorola's. Yeah. And, e <laughs> and even um, outside of work, we're always, like, always on LinkedIn, still doing stuff. Yep. So that's nice. Um, yeah, you guys have a pretty good LinkedIn game. Thank you. Lie. We're trying mm -hmm. to trying yeah, to get that Todd's, big, Todd's probably the best one. He got a big following. Dude, LinkedIn's like an untapped market for yeah. a lot of people. I, I try to tell out, like, even young, like, a lot of the young kids I talk to in high school, like, if they even know, like, like Ethan, who just started working here, um, make a LinkedIn because it is literally free yes. and it's a resume, and you'll have so many people messaging you, yes. like, to just work. Yeah. Like, it's the first thing I tell every high school or, you know, college I go to is that if you don't have a LinkedIn profile, like, if you've never had a job, there's like, no, we can't call your parents and ask you how kind of person, like put, whether you're in extracurricular activities, whether you have any awards at school, yeah. like put it all on there because at least gives you something to start with. Yeah. And people look mm -hmm. at that stuff. Like Heck I have yeah. people, like I have a lot of views like a day, just people looking at my profile. I don't know what they're looking at me for, but it's not. Because <laughs> you're young much. and on LinkedIn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. But no, I think it's, because I was at school from, um, what was that like September of 2020 to May of 2021 so all I had was really LinkedIn so Dan gave me a list of like a thousand companies or a couple hundred companies to follow so I followed them and just started building it up and it's kind of, it's fun like, yeah it's fun just seeing like the little different things you can add to people like get more people engaging like yeah and I would say it's an easier return than a lot of the other social media platforms because yeah. it's not as saturated yeah. right and once again, I think it's an untapped. It's almost like the Wild West right now because yeah. it's trying to figure out what it's going to be when it grows up. Um, mm -hmm. So it is pretty – it's easier to grow, I feel, on LinkedIn than it – Yeah, and I found, like, when I'm talking to some people at events, like, they know me – they just recognize me off of LinkedIn, mm -hmm. which I sometimes I don't remember connecting with them, which maybe isn't good, but I'm connected <laughs> with them. So, Do no. you ever not connect with someone? I always ask people no, I will always connect with people. Yeah, um, same. Because, like, you can – like, some of the messages get annoying, but you can ignore them. Like, I'd rather just, like – It's just people trying to do – you know, they're out yeah. there trying to do the thing, right? Yeah, I can't yeah. hate – like – can't hate on it and they may like, like your next meme. post so yeah. you know yeah. who cares yeah I, I connect with everyone yeah i'm the same i think you have a lot of connections actually yeah you're, you're like getting 14, pretty big on the 15, linkedin, LinkedIn game as well brandon I'm trying. Trying to hit yeah. 5, <laughs> it's yeah it's it's interesting it's uh yeah really mine's just i'm trying to you know get exposure for you know myself and you know personal brand and the company because mm. they kind of all go that's what's so great about it is your the work and your personal brand can benefit all at the same time yeah sure. mm -hmm. Because on all the other platforms, you can keep you know you can keep them completely separate, and they'll never really have a connection. Where LinkedIn, it's yeah. okay to connect those two, and it's kind of a safe space for that. Yeah. It doesn't think. make you feel bad for trying to. Because I connect with, I'm, I'll be honest, I connect with random people in our area because you never know who those people sure. might know or what they yeah. what they're gonna need. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And the likes don't matter. Like I don't. I mean, I like getting a good amount of likes, but I don't care if I get like four likes as long as I get like. Our goals, like me and Carrie, always look at it to get a million impressions. Mm. So I'm a quarter of the way there, finally. Yeah. Dang, so we're, nice. We're getting there. Nice. What do you think is the hardest thing about creating content? Mm. I think, well, for me, it's definitely like, I think each platform has like certain things that they, <laughs> yeah. like they really it's like. It's on formula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I guess like learning like each platform and knowing like what types of content to post on there like like tiktok is really i don't know you have to find what your niche is and what and like just basically keep posting that sort of content content um over and over again and like i know like for youtube shorts they those uh the videos like where we're bailing metal or like processing metal that youtube shorts really like that type of stuff yeah so um yeah, just kind of for me, it would be learning like what each what each thing you should post. Like LinkedIn's more professional stuff, so yeah, you have I would to switch it up too and find like what like even like how you type the the description of the picture you post is mm -hmm. like big. Like I found that if you put a question at the beginning or a quote at the beginning and a question at the end, you'll get a lot more engagement. Just like one I did was when we went down to Philadelphia, I asked people what their favorite cheesesteak was, and mm -hmm. I just had so many random people that never liked my stuff just comment. Um, all these different cheesesteak spots. So yeah. It's just finding 
um, you just have to kind of go that you're going to fail. You just got you can't be scared to fail. Mm, that's a huge going. one, right? He's I think people going. they throw it out there. They're already a lot of people are nervous. They throw out that first video, that first post. It, doesn't do anything because mm-hmm. they never do at the beginning right until you figure yeah. it out yeah. or you get super lucky and it explodes and then the yeah. next one's terrible yeah. which is sometimes even worse <laughs> yeah but yeah. yeah you just gotta kind of know that 50 percent of the time it's gonna be a total wash and yeah you, know. you just have to go i mean you have to if you want to do it no one's gonna do it for you so you're just gonna mm-hmm. like i was like kind of not worried about starting my instagram but like i already had people following me for like me well not necessarily for me but they're following like <laughs> Not something because they knew you but now they're seeing these cranes and stuff so like i'm surprised not too many people like unfollowed that's um, cool yeah you just have to kind of take chances and you're not going to get anywhere if you don't take chances mm-hmm. yeah i always hear from like major content creators is like the first hundred videos or first hundred pieces you make are terrible right yeah. they're kind of like your experimental phase so like expect them to be awful the you know the mics are going to be terrible or the yeah. video quality what it looks like and once you get into that above that hundred you're kind of you know what work what yeah. figure it out and, mm-hmm. yeah it's all fun stuff though like i never really liked making videos or talking on, on camera but it's it's fun i mean i, I don't watch it like i am be honest i don't really watch it <laughs> like i don't watch the dumpster talks that come out because i can't listen to myself but, <laughs> um, no it's just fun get yourself out there who likes the back end stuff Oh, that's definitely Isaiah likes Isaiah. Isaiah likes the. the he's really been getting good at editing. Yeah. Um, Got a new camera. Yeah, that's a lot of people's talking. struggle with it. Is the back end, right? The editing piece, mm-hmm. the, all that, because it is. It's like a whole different world. You got to learn. Yeah, yeah. And especially you run through problems too. Like you could edit a whole video. I mean, I've watched Isaiah edit a couple of dumpster talks, and then like something goes wrong, you have to redo it. Mm-hmm. The render doesn't go through, and you're like, ah! yeah. <laughs> definitely, yeah. <laughs> After putting all that time in, something bad happens. But you just gotta keep keep, keep going. going though. Can't so do anything tells, about it. Yeah. Sometimes you walk in and all you see him is just closing his computer back and forth. He's <laughs> <laughs> just, just mad at lies. everybody. That's really funny. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's it's tough. It is not easy. Anybody who thinks that people just out there on YouTube or you know influences that like they're thinking they're creating something in their head every day. Mm-hmm. That like being watched by thousands of people that they don't know. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting because sometimes when I get in my own head. Uh, I saw I saw a post on Twitter one time about this, and they said like, if you get 30 views on something, you filled a classroom. If you get 100 views, you probably filled an auditorium. If you get 1,000 views, you know you you filled like a small stadium or a small venue, mm-hmm. right? And 100,000 views, like you filled like a huge football stadium. If you think about that, like when you put it in perspective, an actual physical place. Mm-hmm. Because you're always comparing your stuff against someone else's, right? And you're like, oh, I, I didn't do that well. But 100,000 yeah. people, is that's that's crazy. Yeah, it is a, it is a lot. You know, that's like, what was it, Michigan Stadium or Penn State? I don't know how big Penn State is. 106,000. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So, we have a couple of TikToks that do a couple hundred K. Yeah. 400,000. Yeah. There you go. Like, that. that's craziness. Mm. It's an entire city. It's, it is pretty wild to think about it's like hard. you don't think about it like just as people people correct. watching it's just you yeah. think like numbers or whatever yeah correct because yeah we we minimal we minimize it because we're looking at somebody else who's got like 10 million right mm-hmm. you're like, oh, uh. yeah but when you put it in perspective it's like holy crap like something i did even if i just filled a classroom like that's still pretty cool yeah. mm-hmm. that's a good way to think about it actually it blew my mind when i saw it and i was like okay i'm out of my own head now like i can put this aside and i'm just on to the next one really good point yeah. Yeah. Like so point. brandon like, um, you have any plans? Like, ten years from now, do you see yourself? Where do you see yourself? I mean, and uh, like, how do you how do you think uh, the future looks for you? Uh, I mean, growing, uh, mm-hmm. company, personal, um, you know, company growth. Obviously, just keep adding, you know, employing as many people as we can. Uh, keep growing our our internal numbers as much as we can. We have constant goals. We have weekly, monthly, yearly goals. So you know, keep pushing that envelope. Sure. Um, personal, just growing my personal brands. I guess I would say. <laughs> yeah. You know, so the LinkedIn being more of the the business side of things. Um, mm. I've done some talks at schools and things like that. I really enjoy that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then YouTube stuff, just trying to keep figuring it out, right? Keep grinding along on things that I enjoy making videos about. Um, yeah, and that's kind of it. Like it never, I feel like it never stops. It's the perfect hobby. 
Mm -hmm. um, especially for the vacation ones. And I tell everybody this, like I can sit still for probably two days. I'm kind of like you, <laughs> right? Like I, I can R and R for the first two days of vacation that I'm like, okay, like I, I need, need something to do. Yeah. And that's why I started making videos. Cause I needed a routine of some sort to fit into my vacation. So mm -hmm. I would have an entire shot schedule that I'd research the resort before I go. I know all the places I'd want to hit. And then that gives me a to-do list, like perfect project yeah. management, right? I have a to-do list to do for the next five days and I'm, I'm golden. I don't so. think he can sit for two days. <laughs> You're like two hours, right? Yeah, he's itching right now. <laughs> but no, that's, yeah. Awesome. That's what I'm thinking. So we're all young, um, 20 and 21. Um, what advice would you give yourself when you were our age, if you could? It kind of just, just in life, go back. Mean, life and career, I guess. Am I living today's time period or my 21 time period? I guess that is that is a good thing to look at. I don't. I guess today. Or you're just saying in, in the age group in general. Yeah. yeah. Um, what advice would you want? Would you have wanted someone to give you at your age? Even if you think it's out of your wheelhouse or you can't do it, try it. Um, mm -hmm. For instance, before I came over to SWF, like it took me about a month to make that decision. Not because I didn't want to help, because I was terrified, right? Okay. It's like, I'm not, I'm not prepped for this. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, and the conversation I had with my dad is what changed my mind. He said, in five years, will you look back and go, what if? And I said, of course I will. He said, then what are you worried about? He said, you'll figure yeah. it out. You know, that's, that's kind of what, what I do. So I would say, even if, it's, if it seems too big at the time, like if you have confidence in the pieces and your approach and your skill set, then like you should definitely give it a try, right? You can always mm -hmm. figure out the next piece. Uh, because the most terrifying stuff is usually the most rewarding, right? Mm. Remember the first video I made, I was like, this is so scary talking to a yeah. machine, right? A piece of equipment. And once you do it a couple of times, like it just gets easier. So um, really pushing that envelope, believing in yourself, uh, always trying new stuff. Like don't just fit in the mold. Like you're doing videos, you know, about recycling and dumpster talks and things like that. Like it's, it's successful because people aren't doing what you guys are doing. Like, so just constantly push yourself out of that envelope. Making video game content, you know, as a CEO is weird, but I love it and it's one of my yeah. passions, so I'm just doing it. You know, whether it turns into something or not, I don't know, I don't really care. It's just, you know, don't be afraid to really go after stuff that you enjoy. Um, it's all, as long as it's not hurting other people and things like that, you know. But mm -hmm. I would say, yeah, just keep being weird is what I would tell myself. Keep being weird. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think that's a perfect way. <laughs> perfect way to end it off. Yeah, keep being yeah. weird. <laughs> keep being weird, guys. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks thank you. for joining us. It's been an amazing dumpster talk. It's um, been great. Uh, and we'll have to get you back in again soon. Hey, man. Sure. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Thank, thank you, guys. guys. See you on the next episode.